Welcome to What Are Jobs and How Do You Get Them? I'm Rory Walsh, PhD, and that's right, like many PhDs, I've often found myself wondering, wait, what are jobs? Here to help me answer that today is Caitlin Perna. Caitlin, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. We are so excited to get into it. Tell us, what is your job? I run a small pet sitting and dog walking business in Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti, Michigan. So we do midday drop-in visits, taking care of all sorts of animals, whether clients are at work or on vacation. My goodness, a small business owner, you are our first on the podcast. Wow. (laughs) So obviously, you know, it's a different process getting a job when you open a business, but tell us about that. How did you get to this place? This might be common, but there is no direct line. I went to school for dance, so this was not on my radar at all. I was always working part-time jobs, and animals kind of came into the picture every once in a while, and then just wanted to do it full-time. I had been pet-sitting on the side and doing dog walks on the side, and just decided one day that I should make my own website, and things kind of escalated from there. So running a business, and especially a pet sitting business. This can't really be a nine to five job now, can it? How predictable are your hours? Very unpredictable. Um, We do work 365 days a year. We start visits as early as 7, 7.30-ish and go sometimes until nine o'clock at night, pretty much any day of the week at any given time. Yeah, no, no rhyme or reason to that. Just when people go out of town and when people need us, we're available. Yeah, I'm sure holidays are particularly busy for you rather than being able to take them off. Yes, I don't know what holidays are anymore. I do not have those. I think in some ways, even if it wasn't the like vacation service that we are being a small business owner, I probably still would be working pretty much every day. And then just some random times during the year that surprisingly everyone decides to leave on that week in particular becomes really busy. The only steady thing is our midday dog walks. We do have a set number of those that Monday through Friday are established schedules and we just we have that to rely on and everything else around it is at the whim of our clients. <laughs> and with this job, can you afford to buy your mom Alexis? No. <laughs> Not uh, not yet, maybe. I do know there are people who have been doing this for 20 plus years, and I don't know if they bought their home from this business or if they had jobs before that, but people do really well. They live off of it fully. I mean, I do as well, but I'm not about to buy a Lexus. And if I do, it would be for me first, probably. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Not Sometimes on the internet, you see like a story like this dog walker makes $80,000 mm-hmm. a year. I think some of that would be maybe in New York or something where they're probably charging at least twice as much as what I'm charging here. And I think it also depends on the pet sitting business can be set up in so many different ways that some people will take multiple dogs on a group walk. So within one hour, they're charging so much more money because they have all of these other dogs, whereas we don't do that. I walk from one family at a time. So that limits our availability Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. making money in that way. So it's possible for people to make a ton of money, but it just depends on how you set up your business, I think, and where you live. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I hope you get that Lexus someday. Yeah, maybe. We're we're working towards it. Now tell me, what did you do at work yesterday? Yesterday, I had a few pet visits myself, so I still am going to clients' homes and taking care of the pets. Not quite ready to give up that part yet. 
I had to respond to some client messages. I take a look at the upcoming weekend and week to make sure that my sitters are clear on their schedule, if they need any supplies. And I, I took a nap yesterday. I did get one of those in, which was pretty nice. <laughs> well, that's a real perk. Uh-huh. I can have that you know, late afternoon nap where we don't really have visits. And I take advantage of that for sure. It's downtime for the pet sitter. Yeah. But to be fair, I then did have to go out in the evening again and do more visits when most people are, you know, pretty done for the night. I don't think just sitting down at a job and working all day would would be a good fit for me anyway. So this is nice that I can fit in my time around my pet visits and get all of my stuff done that way. So you say you studied dance. Would you say you're using anything from your time in school in your current line of work? Um, I do sometimes dance around a client's home, but I think it more along the lines of self-discipline. There's something, you know, when you get involved in something like dance, sports, probably similar where you have to commit. And if you don't commit, you're not going to do it and you're not Mm going to do well. You're not going to get cast in anything or, you know, get any jobs. So it's it's that level of commitment that if you've decided you're going to do it, you just do it. And starting a small business that has been the main thing that has kept me afloat is just that like the grind of I got to do it. I got to get it done in dance. There's a lot of competition between your peers. There's a lot of feedback that you get from the teachers and the company directors that you just have to take it in stride and see what you can learn from it and then move forward without taking it extremely personally, without responding in super negative ways. And as we are a customer service business, there are times that I have to remember that time in that world of dance where some people might have something to say about me or my business and I just have to take that in and see what I can do better in the future and go from there. Yeah, sometimes you don't ask for feedback, but feedback finds you anyway. That is very true. And also the difference with this business than being in dance is I can decide not to work with certain clients. Yeah. But if if someone has that feedback, sometimes it just means that we're not a good fit. And that is a hard thing to acknowledge. But it is something that I just have had to learn to not take personally. And yeah, again, just see see what I can learn from it and try and do better in the future. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense as sort of being a self-guided person and being able to keep yourself accountable. But you also have employees. How many employees do you have? Currently, I have four. (laughs) And I have one other person who's helping me with some online social media posts and marketing management kind of stuff. So a little on the side. So is there kind of a conflict between the self-reliance of small business ownership and then having to manage a team? That is a great question. Yes, but I think not because of my own independence and self-reliance. It's more that I never had to do it before and I'm figuring everything out as I go along over the years. So having employees, first of all, was never on my radar because I thought I was going to dance professionally and then probably teach somewhere for forever. So This is all just um, figuring out as I go and the managing of a team. I think my difficulty comes with the needing to be a boss, but also trying to be their friend and maybe getting that mixed up a little bit. But I don't think that is specifically related to that, that ability to rely on myself and be independent and get things done and, and commit to it. 
something a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, I think the the issue might come up in that it's hard to delegate and you are still doing pet visits, but you're doing them because pets are adorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the delegating is also, the delegating is something that really came up because I needed it because my business just got so busy. So luckily when yeah. I first started, I'd had a friend that I was working with at an animal shelter actually. And I just hired her on because I already trusted her and I I could see that she was good with animals. So that made it a little bit of an easier transition for me, but it does require a lot of trust in myself to train the people and guide them and also just in their ability to work independently, which this job requires a lot of. You're on your own all the time. That's really cool though, because I think someone could get into management in a more traditional job setting and have no idea what they were doing and fail completely. But with the self-employment and running your own business, the stake you have in it, you learn, you'll figure it out. Yes. Yeah. It's much more personal. It's not like I'm just in this business that already exists and I get a management role because I was good at the job below it. This is, I started this business and if I make a mistake, that's on me. And it, affects my business and my income very directly. So I learn. I've hired the wrong people in the past. I've made mistakes in that regard. I let things slide that I shouldn't have with my employees and that has affected then their visits and relationship with the clients. And then, yeah, I have to figure it out and I have to do better and I have to communicate that with my team that what I'm working on and what I expect of them. And there was no one to tell me what to do. I just had to make mistakes and figure it out. Self-taught, self-employed, self-taught. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> yeah. What would you say is the coolest thing you've done at work in the last year? I think with the pet sitting visits, the thing that is always, it's something a bit more tangible is having a pet that for the first few months, first year, whatever it is, stayed hidden or stayed really anxious, like a cat, for example, just this summer after doing multiple visits a year for about two years, the cat finally came up to me. And then the next day to one of my employees that we like bribed her over with treats and she came up, we just had to sit and work for it hard, (laughs) wait for her. But now she comes out all the time and it's super exciting that it just taking the time to give the energy to the pets that they, so that they can feel comfortable with us. And and then when they do come out, it is such a good feeling for me. And I know for my employee too, because we talk about it that like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she finally came out today and I got to pet her. And it's, yeah, it's a really kind of visceral, for me, it's a visceral feeling of like, I'm doing something right. This is great. I'm also excited to finally get to engage with this pet that I've been going to her house for two years and didn't really know. So that just happened just a couple of months ago, which was really exciting. As a business owner, though, um, I went to my first in-person conference in February. I did it virtually in 2020, which is nice, but it's just video calls. So actually going to Texas, seeing all these people that we've been a community online for, you know, the six years that I've been in business to finally meet them. I learned a lot of stuff and it just felt really official a, a pet sitting conference people were like really you have those and I'm like yeah we're always <laughs> learning you know things from vets we learn from trainers you know how to handle different pets and also just the aspect of running a business and it was really really interesting and I loved going and plan to go again next year that is so cool I've definitely never thought about a pet sitting conference but yeah I would I mean definitely want someone who attends something like that to be the one watching 
my adorable little pet. <laughs> yeah, always trying to learn new things. And, and also, as we kind of talked about, it is sort of an isolating job. So getting to meet other companies in this way from across the country and even Canada, um, it's really nice to just see everyone else, how they run it, how they take care of things, and just to get support from other people in the same industry as I am. It's really nice. Yeah, it's true, because you don't even really see your human clients. You no. really only interact with the animals. Yeah, we meet them one time at the beginning, and unless they get, usually a dog will do, will do another in-person meeting. But other than that, we're just, we're communicating over our, our app and our software. And so it's, I don't see a lot of people. That is very true in general. <laughs> That's, I feel like this job could be very appealing to certain people. It does attract a certain number of, of people when they're like, I love pets and I want to work alone. And I'm like, this is great. I got you. We're in the right place. <laughs> is there anything that sucks about your job? You know, you can kind of pick the thing about the pets or a thing about being a small business owner. Anything that sticks out at you as something you could live without. I think it's what we already talked about, the the 365 every day, every holiday. Um, even when I do get time off, I'm still kind of on my phone and available. Yeah, it must be and, hard to find a work-life balance. Yeah, yeah. And, and as much as I love the flexibility of my day, there are some times where I feel like it would be nice to just know starting the day at the same time, ending the day at the same time, the it's that balance of I love it and also sometimes it makes things really difficult to be able to plan my life and I mean I'm hoping that in the future I can hire a manager and take some of that off my plate and give myself some more time just yeah. not right there yet but but yeah the, the every day of the week all day is a lot it does wear on you a little bit yeah I can imagine so let's talk demographics mm -hmm. <laughs> are there would you say any patterns in the gender, the race, the ethnicity of people who tend to be, let's say, pet sitters and then maybe also small business owners? Oh, boy. I have not yeah. noticed anything in particular. I've hired a variety of people. I know business, like the in the pet sitting industry, business owners of many different races. Yeah. I think it's a lot of women that might be the only thing. I think there's some of that caregiver part of us that maybe gets gets involved in this. But I also know that there are many men that are, you know, having their own businesses or husband and wife duos. I know a lot of those as well. So they've got their their partners with their partner, which is really nice. But yeah, I'd, I'd say it's fairly diverse as, as far as what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really interesting reality that like both as a small business where like anybody who wants to own a small business can do it right mm -hmm. yeah definitely. so there's not necessarily that huge barrier to entry yeah I yeah like I said I think it would have to be some obscure some small town or some place that just isn't welcoming and if you present yourself in a certain way where it's obvious or it appears obvious I think that person would then know themselves and probably take their own precautions but generally I think if you are taking care of the pets in a loving way you keep the clean the home clean and are responsible I think that's really all the the pet owners want they just want to make sure that their pets are, are well cared for and anyone would be capable of doing that so well obviously as a as a business owner you're the boss um, but are there other people you work with 
in your business that you think have really cool jobs that uh, you would like people to know about? Oh, you mean aside from working for me? Well, obviously working for you would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let me think. So uh, I have one employee who she's getting her PhD. So that's exciting. Um, One of my longer time employees is also an artist. So he does a lot of graphic art and designing um, and goes to art shows and sells all of his art. Um, Do you work with like any other businesses or, or anyone else who you think, wow, that's cool that they're doing that? I wouldn't say that I work with them specifically, but in this area, in Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti, we do, I've been to a couple of events for my business and have met other business owners. So I work occasionally with another woman who has a business similar to mine, but we just work different areas and we've helped each other out um, with clients when needed. And I also know a woman who she has her own cat grooming and boarding place, which is really cool. I, I went to her, her, facility one day and you know saw how nice it is and they do a lot of fun stuff there which is so great you know I follow them on socials and I've been to some of their events they'll do you know a Santa photo booth or different Halloweens they do different parties and have their whole area decorated and you know different gifts and games and treats and stuff Um, I think I know who you're talking about is that Mittens Pet Care yes Yeah. yeah They're great. If you are in Ann Arbor Ipsy, Hannah used to groom my former cat who was long haired and had a lot okay. of hairball issues. She's yeah. amazing. So go so, to Min's Pet Care. Yeah. Min's Pet is so good. Okay. So now I have a little bit of a surprise for you. There's a lightning round. Oh boy. <laughs> so this is the skills section. So oh, no. I'm going to name some different skills. <laughs> I would like you to tell me just a quick yes or no. Um, Are these skills useful in your job? Oh, okay. Okay. Let's get started. Ready for skills. Okay. Self-starter. Definitely. Yes. Expert level knitting. No. Project management. Yes. Yeah. Being able to parallel park correctly on the first try. Not on the first try as a requirement, but sometimes parallel parking will come in handy. Yes. Uh, Microsoft Excel? No, please no. (laughs) Wonderful. Okay. How about roller skating? Definitely a no. Active listening? Yes. (laughs) Sure. I need that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if my pet sitters always need that. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's one. CPR. Yeah. Well, pet CPR for sure. Yeah. All right. How about an anxious attachment style that causes you to question your worth and work harder to cover up perceived shortcomings? No, 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 no. Let's talk about it. We can work on that together. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Great to hear. Okay. How about detail oriented? Definitely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And being able to juggle. Um, juggling tasks, yes. Juggling objects, no. All right, great. Thank you. I think that will conclude the skills section. Thank you so Perfect. much. Now, you've come a long way. You've done a lot of different things. Um, but if you were to meet a young person who is, you know, maybe she listened to this episode and they think absolutely they want to be a pet sitter. This this young man is like, this is for me. You, mm-hmm. you meet this young person And you can tell that if they got into this line of work, they would put you out of business in a week. (laughs) So you've got to sabotage them quickly. 
So what's a piece of advice you could give them? Sounds real, but will actually lead them in completely the wrong direction. I would say that starting with a really low rate for your area is a good starting off point. Um, Lowball everybody. Mm. That way you can get more clients. But also really super particular about when you arrive or getting updates. So, you know, just go whenever works for your schedule. <laughs> like you're going to quickly go into that doesn't sound real. Yeah. <laughs> and um, don't communicate with anyone. Yeah. 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 Don't communicate. Don't show up on time. No, but that's really interesting. Like what you don't want to do is offer the cheapest pet care service in town. If you're going to lowball it, you might be getting a bunch of clients and be completely filled up, but you will be making so little money overall for yeah. the amount of time that you're working. And what yeah. everybody learns in this industry is that if you charge more, you're going to be working a little less, but still making a livable income, which is the yeah. main thing that your business needs to be sustainable. And just because you're cheap and you get a lot of work does not it does the opposite of be sustainable because you will just burn out instantly and just Absolutely. not be able to keep up with that demand of work. Yeah. And when it's something that like the quality, like really, really matters, like people and their pets are like, yeah. they, they care a lot. Yeah, definitely. So if you're the cheapest pet sitter in town, it kind of just immediately makes you look like the worst pet sitter. In town, yes. Right? That is the other thing too, is that like you want to be paid your worth. Um, yeah. And you want it to be worth your while. If you're going to charge, you know, $10 for an hour visit or to stay overnight, I see people charging, you know, 20 or 40 bucks for like 24 hour care. And I'm like, why, why would I want to do that right. for my time? It's not, you're not getting any money out of your, your time for that. Yeah, I feel so. like that's what you pay your neighbor's kid to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get what you paid for with that. Usually. Right. Right. Um, he probably doesn't know pet CPR. Probably doesn't. I don't know. I've never asked. Many people don't. The no. other thing, and I, I said all of those things about the bad advice because those are, I mean, not financially, <clears throat> but the other things are reasons that people come to me because they've gone on those national app platforms or they've tried mm -hmm. their neighbor or a family member and those are the things that they are like, well, this is what went wrong. So now we're going with a professional and I love being able to give people that peace of mind, but uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You could go wrong with this when you're caring for live animals, going into different people's homes. You know, they're trusting you not just with their pet, but with all of their stuff in their house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like an amazing business. Yeah. <laughs> very wonderful to hear more about it from you today thank you so much for for joining us yeah i'm glad i could share it's really nice chatting with you thanks for listening to what are jobs and how do you get them a production of momentous coaching please visit whatarejobs.com for episode transcripts and more information want to talk to us about your job make your way to whatarejobs.com this podcast was co-produced by myself and Erica Irvin and edited by Clayton Izuka and Sketch Smith. Our theme music was composed by Clayton Izuka. <laughs>